Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Before I get into the game, the most embarrassing Eagles game I've ever seen, I want to talk a little bit about the announcing crew. On Sunday, the Eagles got Fox's, I don't know if you called it their D team, their E team, their Q team, their Z team for their announcing crew. It's Kenny Albert and Rondé Barber. Now, the Eagles have been terrible this year. They were 5-6 and six coming into this game. Uh, they had super high preseason expectations that have completely fallen short. And they're the type of team that just last week they were supposed to have a Sunday night football game at home. What should have been maybe a potential pre- playoff preview I was thinking back in you know April when the schedule came out. Or even in August where I'm ramping myself up for the season. Wentz, Russell Wilson, Sunday night football. No. No. No one wanted to watch the Eagles. No one wanted to watch them. NBC did not want to be in Philly for that game. I don't blame them. I didn't want to be in the stands for that game, which I talked about a ton last week. Clearly, the Eagles aren't drawing the way they might have in the past in 2017, 2018, and the era. They used to be a marquee team. This season, they are not a marquee team in the NFL. So they're the type of team that gets bumped off Sunday Night Football, gets flexed to a one o'clock game. And they're also the type of team that gets Fox's worst announcing crew, Kenny Albert and Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber, if you talk about like their most hated athletes of all time, I truly think he might be maybe number one outright or at least number one in the non-Cowboys category. Just, I am 25 years old. So the first season, maybe I've talked a little bit about this in the past. My first season, I really concretely remember following the Eagles was the 2001 season, the first time they won the division since I believe 1988. So that was a huge season. Uh, Eagles finally knock off the Giants. And the end of the regular season, they claimed that title. The Giants had won the last couple of years. That, that was the real hump they couldn't get over. The Eagles couldn't beat the Giants. McNabb couldn't beat the Giants. Reed couldn't beat the Giants. So they do that in 2001. They lose an NFC Championship game. My heart's broken. The first of many, many, many heartbreaks in my life regarding the Eagles. So in 2002, that was the year. Oh, we have home field advantage this year. Last game at the Vet. We're closing it out. We're going to the link, the house that McNabb built. We're winning it. The last game to the link. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win. Open back up the link. With a Super Bowl trophy, little banner, Super Bowl rings. Ronnie Barber wasn't having that. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, if you're a younger Eagles fan, uh, maybe someone who's newer to the Eagles fandom, that in the 2002 NFC Championship game, the Eagles were favorites against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hadn't ever lost a game below 45 degrees or some insane stat like that. And they were playing in Philadelphia in late January. So it was obviously freezing out. And the birds laid a dud. And completely laid a dud. They were... Favorites for the game, that was their year of the entire any era. I think that was their best team. That was by far, uh, maybe besides 2017, they gave them a run for the money, but the best Eagles defense I've ever seen. 
And late in the fourth quarter, the Eagles are driving the game a little out of reach, but there's a chance. And the Eagles are progressing. McNabb's going to drive down the field. They get into the red zone. And McNabb throws one of those classic, iconic McNabb picks where you're like, I don't even know what the hell that's going through that dude's head. And Ronnie Barber grabs it, goes for six the other way. And just as he's running down the field, just people are pouring out of the vet. And it feels like this trash concrete is just crumbling around as if there's dynamite in the stadium. And Ronnie Barber, when he got in the end zone for his touchdown celebration, he flipped the switch and everything went kaboom on the Eagles Super Bowl hopes and veteran stadium overall. So I hate Ronnie Barber. I was, how old was I? I was eight going on nine. Yeah. So that's like, I'm a kid and like in all of the world, still, still naive, still innocent, still just loving the game of football because I love watching my dad. I love playing with my friends outside in the street in the schoolyard. It's still magical to me. I don't really know what it really means to be an Eagles fan the way we have learned over the last 20 years where it's just stabbing you in the gut, death by a thousand cuts, all that nonsense. Clearly, people talk about getting triggered. Rondé Barber triggers me. Obviously, what he was saying throughout the course of the game was kind of negative against the Eagles, um, besides the fact that every referee, announcer, and person in the league office in all four professional sports are biased against Philadelphia and its players and its citizens overall. Uh, Rondé Barber clearly had an anti-Philly bias, and everything he said just infuriated me. And so many things he was saying were wrong about Carson Wentz. First of all, Eagles quarterback, his name is Carson Wentz. He went to North Dakota State. He wears number 11. His name's not Carson Palmer. It's Carson Wentz. Rondé, you called him Carson Palmer several times. And you just, you're, that's your job. I'm the guy who does this job. You must be the other guy, Rondé. Oh my God. Yeah, Carson Palmer won, I think, like the 2002 or 2003 Heisman Trophy and then got picked by the Bengals first of all. He had like an okay career. Maybe that's uh, Wentz's most likely outcome. I guess we could talk about that another time. But his name's not Carson Palmer. It's Carson Wentz. Rhonda, you're doing it on purpose. You're trolling me. You're getting me triggered. You know what you're doing. You might not know who I am, but an insane part of my brain thinks that I, you know exactly what you're doing. I'm sick of it. Didn't understand anything. Was just on a couple of those plays where the first play of the game, the first Eagles offensive uh, drive. Not th- I shouldn't say the play of the game. No, it was the first play of the game for the Eagles offensive. So the first play, Ronald Darby picked off Fitzpatrick. The Eagles throw it down the seam. Ertz cutting towards the end zone. Ertz completely falls down. Stumble bum. Stumble bum. And tough day for Ertz. I know he was a little banged up, but that's another issue where the Eagles medical staff should not be trusted under any circumstance whatsoever in any time period. Now, in the future, clean house, clean house in a lot of regards. So Ertz falls down, which is just great, you know. Clearly, our top receiving option is healthy and on the field. Medical job, fine job, medical team. But he falls down and the ball almost gets picked off. Like if, if, if Ertz just runs the route, he catches it and goes in the end zone, at least it down in like the th- two, three yard line. But he falls just on his own accord. I don't know the Dolphins defensive backs names. One of the guys like could have caught it, but kind of drops it, was in on it, but not really. And Ronnie's just like, oh, well, Carson Wentz uh, just almost gave the ball right back to them. Just not looking and uh, throws it right to a Dolphins player. I'm like, dude, watch the game. They introduced him as a Hall of Fame semifinalist. Let's do a little golf clap. Congrats, Ronde. Congrats on being a semifinalist. Know what that means? 
it means you're never getting in the Hall of Fame. You're a semi-finalist. That's not a finalist. That's not a guy who gets in. You're not getting in. Your brother's not getting in either. Neither of you. Go home. Hope your Thanksgiving sucked for both of you. Where are they from? They both went to Virginia, right? Yeah, go home to Virginia. And who's the best football player in the history of Virginia that ever played high school football in Virginia, grew up in Virginia? Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson is better at football than both of you if he wanted to be. Allen Iverson could have been an MVP quarterback. Allen Iverson could have been an all-pro cornerback. He's better than you, Rondé. Go home. Off my TV. Oh, my God. So, like, I was already so high-strung going in that game because I'm like, okay, like, this feels like a trap game. I think they're going to beat the crap out of them. Then the last second at, like, 12.59, I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if they don't do this? What if they lose? And obviously they did. It's just infuriating. And he was just adding to my anxiety throughout the game. Like, I'm already someone who, irregardless of the Eagles, just on a daily basis, is so high-strung, anxiety-ridden, and prone to, you know, getting amped up, ramped up, getting a little out of control sometimes, which isn't good, but I'm human. We all are. But then I see his face, his smug face, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm going to listen to this guy for the next three hours. Kenny Albert, oh my god, he looks like he's eaten like 47 pork sandwiches this morning and is gassy and bloated. I I don't want to listen to him. He sucks. Rane sucks. I don't know who the sideline person was. I'm sure they suck too. Uh, It it just was agonizing. The game itself was agonizing. I'm going to get to that shortly. But I need to state that I feel personally attacked by Fox and I guess in turn the Disney Corporation – and the NFL at large for having Rondé Barber on my TV for three and a half hours on Sunday. Let's go to the game. Let's talk about the game. The game was terrible. <laughs> so when I'm talking, I was talking to my friends, talking to my buddy Paul, my childhood friends, my buddy Big Mike. I've talked about him a couple times in the show. You know, my close-knit friend group, my, my core Eagles fans, the people I need to vent up to the birds about trying to get things off my chest scream go on rants curse all the players out the coaches out the other players on the team curse ronnie barber out so we're talking i'm like i think that really was recency bias for sure i want to put it into perspective the 2019 eagles aren't the most embarrassing team i've seen in my life as an eagles fan there's several that take the cake above that but on an individual game basis i think this is clearly the most embarrassing game I've seen since 2001. I would say I've watched 98% of the Eagles games since 2001. I may have missed, I don't know the last time I didn't watch a game. It's got to be like when I was like a senior in high school in 2011. That might be the most embarrassing team. I didn't watch a couple of games that year. I was a senior. I was 17. Give me a break. The team sucked. They were killing me. Oh, the dream team year. That's when I really got into Bleeding Green Re- Nation. I remember uh, they signed Namdi, and I'm looking at just I want. I'm 17 years old. It's the summer before my senior year of high school, and I just want to like read about the birds. And uh, that's when that guy Jason B. I, I never really interacted with him or knew him, but that's when he was running BGN way back. For you guys who are you know older readers of the site, listeners of the podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm all into this Eagles community. I'm not really commenting, but I'm like reading stuff on there like i'm so happy that the birds twitter is really turning it into its own thing and that was the worst 2011 dream team year vince young you know jason babin who's like disgusting human being it's it's insane that they've always eagles in the last what like half dozen years to a decade have always had like one 
white defensive end and the person has and that they've gotten better as like a player each time or as a person and a player so you had jason babin who had some good years had like 16 sacks one year they had connor barwin amazing person amazing person had 14 and a half sacks in 2014 i believe made a pro bowl uh but he wasn't a piece of human garbage like jason babin was jason babin not the jason b who used to run bleeding green nation i don't want to get it twisted went from jason babin to connor barwin great guy still does community work in the city his uh make the world a better place project they do some charity concerts i've been to a few i've written about it a couple of times i wrote about it back in like 2014 2015 i went to you know, one of his concerts, the unit transfer, uh, talked to Bo Allen a little bit and wrote about it for the site way back when. But he even rebuilt the childhood football field I played on in South Philly on like 24th and Jackson. So I go by that. We didn't even have two field goal posts, no lines, anything. You drive by now, it looks amazing. It's so heartwarming to have a guy like that in Philly. And then you go to Chris Long, who seems to be just as amazing as a person as Connor was doing work in the community, whether it be in Philly or in his hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia, um, amidst a lot of the controversy and chaos they've faced over the last several years. And I'm thankful we had those guys, Jason Babin. He's a word I can say on the podcast. Anyway, he exemplifies what's terrible about that 2011 team. Like off style, no substance, just mercenary looking out for himself. All he cared about is sacks, didn't care about the team. Uh, you know, that they had that, but Jim Washburn or whatever, Wash, Coach Washburn, the defensive line coach, hated Brandon Graham, almost derailed his entire career. If it wasn't, well, it's butterfly effect. If he wasn't hard, from, hard on him at the beginning of his career, maybe BLG doesn't turn. Nah, well, his name is BLG too. Brandon Gowden, just like our fearless leader, Brandon Lee Gowden, Brandon Graham. Yeah, maybe if he wasn't so hard on them, BG doesn't turn out the way he did. But he sucked. Jason Babin sucked. 2011 Eagles sucked. So I think they're the most embarrassing team right now. So that's... So imagine I'm like doing an NFL mock draft or a fantasy draft. Boom, putting the number one up, 2011 Eagles stamp going on it. Worst team, most embarrassing team. Then I think I go 2015, the last chip year. That was horrible. They might have had more unlikable figures than that 2011 team. And I wouldn't say the buzz was the same as that 2011 Eagles team. I don't think there was as much Super Bowl buzz, but there was. There was Super Bowl buzz, especially after that insane third preseason game against the Packers in Green Bay back in 2015 where, uh, you know, Sammy Sleeves looked good. Um, you know, DeMarco Murray, Darren Sproles, Ryan Matthews all looked pretty good. Anyway, Fool's Gold is obvious, as always. That team sucked. Team sucked. Ugh. I remember it was like, I was a senior in college that year and I was just watching all those games with my buddies at school. And I was like, this is agonizing. Like we would go and tailgate and just like, I don't even want to go into the game. I'd bring all my friends down there, hang out with my dad. I'm like, why am I doing this? Those are the teams that really made me question why I put myself through this. And I mean, we realized why I put myself through that all those terrible times. And then it was worth it two years ago. And it kind of made the sins go away in a way, in a bit, in a way. But that team sucked to watch. I think this is the third. I think I'd put this team third as the most infuriating, the most cast of characters that I'm sick of and hate. It wasn't as consistently embarrassing as 2011 nor 2015 was. But on a one-game basis, a 5-6 and six team that had just come off two home losses by single scores... Games that they really could have won if the offense did anything remotely well in the field. 
They go on the road to a 2-9 team that's tanking 2014 Sixers style, and they blow it. They go up 37 points to a team that's front office is not trying to win. Doug Peterson in his press conference today, I'm recording this on Monday night, said they're a good football team. Great, Doug. They might be a good football team, but your football team is not a good football team. Embarrassing. Doug also said there will be no coaching changes this week. I'm beside myself. Someone has to go. Anyone. So just show that you care and have this self-awareness to realize that things aren't going well. Things aren't going to magically work out. This is not 2017. That magic is not coming out of nowhere. We're not pulling Nikki Six out of our butts. It's not going to happen. This team's bad. They lost to a terrible team. They gave up 37 points. The defense is inconsistent. I praised Jim Schwartz last week for having back-to-back masterpiece defensive schemes against Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, and they go 37 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Guys, what happened to us? I talked about it. I do a little daily newsletter. You can check it out, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Follow me on Twitter, at Seamus underscore Clancy. I was talking about the game, Sunday's game, my newsletter today. I was just. I remember this. If you watch the TV series Watchmen, I love it. It's on HBO. I read about that in a newsletter too. But I remember the 2009 Watchmen film that Zack Snyder of like 300, uh, you know, Justice League fame directed. And there's one part in it where one of the characters is like, what happened to us? Talking about how things have just fallen apart in this little superhero team they had. What happened to us? What happened to the American dream? What happened to Philadelphia's dream? What happened to Carson Wentz winning a Super Bowl this year? About what happened to him getting the Nick Foles sized monkey off his back? It's just gone, man. It sucks. It's so disheartening. And I don't know if it's better or worse, but they could still make the playoffs. It's just like they gave me the worst in-game experience of any non-playoff game, non-game I haven't attended, just watching it in terms of sheer embarrassment. That was the worst game ever in 25 years of my life. And somehow, someway, they could still make the playoffs. Wouldn't that be the most Eagles thing ever? Wouldn't that be the most 2019 thing Eagles ever? Like I'm sure some people don't even want them to make the playoffs. They don't even want to deal with the stress of this. Sometimes I don't, but I still love the team. And I still just get sucked back in on everything that happens. I don't know, man. They can make the playoffs. <sighs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So Silver Linings, what am I taking away from this? Silver Linings Playbook. The movie's okay. I love the book. It's a lot different than the movie. If you haven't read the book, Matthew Quick wrote it. 
I can't seem to find a copy of it of the original printing. The only copies I can find are with the movie poster on the cover. And as an English major, I just can't. I hate having that. It just looks tacky and weird and just makes you look like a dope or doofus, whatever word you want to use. Nitwit. That's one of my favorites. But, you know, check out Silverlining's playbook. The novel, not not the movie. Anyway, my silver linings from this are, like I was saying, they could still somehow make the playoffs. And it would be the most Eagles thing ever. Just when, like, we hate the team the most, they suck us back in slightly. They're going to win on Monday Night Football. And then they're come back home at 6-7. and seven, And they beat Dallas. And they beat Washington and Washington. They fall butt backwards. I don't know if I could say the word I wanted to say on the podcast. I'm not exactly sure on the rules. They fall butt backwards in the playoffs. They have a home playoff game against Seattle or San Francisco and get murdered at home. I cannot wait for that to happen. I cannot wait to walk home from that game, come back the next day, and record a podcast for you all. They can make the playoffs. Just remember that. When things seem horrible this week, when you're at your job and it sucks and you want to go home, just think that despite everything that's happened this year, there's still a chance the Eagles make the playoffs. It's so weird, isn't it? It's so weird. But it's true. If you want to watch the Eagles on their path to a possible playoff berth still, somehow, someway, could still be in line for a playoff berth. December 15th, Eagles in Washington on the road. Come hang out with Bleeding Green Nation. We're doing a little watch party at Pistola's Del Sur. South Philly brought on Pashong right off the Snyder Ave stop of the Broad Street line. Great spot. Been there a ton. We're going to have the BGN crew there, watching the game, have some fans there, have some readers, hang out with me, BLG, we'll give away some BGN t-shirts, maybe have some contests and giveaways, and we're going to have some specials, we're going to have $4 Dallas Sucks beers, what a great name for a beer, the best beer name of all time, Dallas Sucks, $6 Classic Margaritas, $6 Buddy Burgers, named after Buddy Ryan, I don't know, we're going to find out. And $7 spicy pork tacos. Now, I like pork tacos, but spicy pork tacos, ooh, ooh, 1 p.m. game. Come hang out there at like 11 o'clock. I'll be there early if you want to get there earlier, later, whatever. We'll hang out. We'll drink some Dallas Suxes, crush some Margs, eat some Buddy Burgers, and then watch the birds put away Washington. And somehow, someway, be what? They'll be six and seven. <laughs> no, so they'll be one on my football. Six and seven. Going to that game, six and seven. Win, seven and seven. 500. Coming back home against Dallas. Dallas sucks. If we can have, like, I hate this team, as I made it clear, but there's still one Dallas game left. They're playing them at home. Let's have Dallas week mean something. Maybe they don't make the playoffs. Maybe they don't beat Dallas. But I really want Dallas Week to mean something. It's great for me. It's great for the website. It's great for my podcast. It's great for all the Eagles podcasts out there, particularly those on the fantastic Blue Degree Nation radio podcast network. Give me Dallas Week. Just win these couple games. Win these two games. I mean, if they don't win against the Giants Monday football, just cancel the team, fire everyone, trade everyone. I don't care. But more likely than not, they're going to win on Monday football at home, and they're going to go down there and beat Washington, which you can watch with us at Pistola Del Sur. Brought in Pashong, South Philly. And then it'll be Dallas week. Just give me to Dallas week. I don't care if you don't make the playoffs. Give me to Dallas week with some hope. That's it for me. I'm Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Again, I run a Monday through Friday Philly sports and pop culture newsletter talking about the Sixers, the Birds, 
a couple TV shows that I'm loving, some local Philly bands. Just two dollars per month, you get twenty newsletters per month, one for each week, one for each day of the week. Sorry, two dollars per month. Check it out. Go birds. Give me to Dallas week. G and